And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys had a great weekend and a great 4th of July last Thursday. Uh, yeah, I had a good one, man. I uh, grilled up a ton of meat, grilled some ribs on 4th of July, made a whole bunch of burgers and a bunch of deer burgers uh, the day after. I had some friends over. And by the way, if you're making a burger, the best burger is a double cheeseburger consisting of a beef and a deer patty. You know, with some some nice spicy cheese. It's, it's the word of the wise. Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, great show today. I had my good friend Halsey English on. Halsey's been on a whole bunch of times, but he hasn't been on in like close to a year. It's been forever. I don't I don't know why, but yeah, I de- definitely need to have him on uh, more often. It, it's it's always always a great time talking to Halsey English. Uh, we covered a lot of ground. Uh, it was really good, really funny. So I'm sure you guys will enjoy it. Uh, if you haven't already, guys, please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five star rating and a good review. And if you haven't already, follow us on Twitter at No Gimmicks Pod. Tweet at us. We always tweet back. Uh, yeah, that's, that's it. No sponsors today. Uh, that's all I got. Without further ado, here's my chat with Halsey English. <laughs> All right, guys, we're here with Halsey. Halsey, my friend, thanks so much for taking the time, brother. Happy to be here, man. I love coming on this show. Yeah, man, anytime. So, look, we're with last week. Fourth of July, obviously, was last Thursday. Here's my overall theme for the podcast today. Barring some crazy development, Trump is winning re-election in 2020. It's, it's that simple. The contrast between the president and the Democrats on the 4th of July last Thursday made that fact extremely clear to me. And I, I already would have put Trump at a a better than 50-50 chance of getting reelected, but I, I that that number is rising by the day. Trump's message last Thursday was America is great, let me tell you why. And the Democrats' message is America sucks. America's always sucked. You suck. White people suck, men suck. Fuck you. Give me your money and your property. So, like which message is going to win Ohio and Florida? Are you kind of on the same page? Uh, what do you think, Halsey? Well, number 1, I'm pretty black-pilled on Trump, but I'm not convinced and no one will convince me that the Democrats don't want him to win. So I think they want him to win. I think the Republicans want him to win. I think that Trump's reelection is pretty much guaranteed unless the Democratic primary goes lopsided and they put someone like Tulsi Gabbard up. Then maybe, maybe, maybe she pulls off an upset, but only because she's an honest person and hated by the Democratic establishment. So people might see her as enough of an outsider that they would actually vote for her. But um, barring that, I, I think the Democrats are completely happy with the Trump presidency because everything that was always considered center is now considered Nazi. So, you know, they're, they're loving this. And, and listen, we are getting some some good things out of it. The economy is doing well. You know, we've got some conservative justices, sort of. I mean, there are certain things that I'm happy about. And I, I, I like the message like we saw on July 4th. You know, I would much rather hear that America is a great place than America sucks. But at the same time, like our border is wide open. Right. And with our border being wide open, Trump shut down the government and said, I'm not doing it till I get my money for my wall. And at the end of it, he took less money than they were offering before he shut down the government and and signed one of the most horrible immigration bills that any president's ever signed. 
So, I mean, in the end, we got screwed over the idea of shutting down the government. And as as a person that leans libertarian myself, I don't care if you shut down the government for a year. Like everyone was saying, oh, you can't shut down the government because people are on like bread lines to get food. I don't care. Fire them. I don't literally don't care. Fire the entire government. If I don't understand if they're called non-essential, why do they have jobs in the first place? Yeah, you, know? I mean, you, you and I are like, both. Small why is the government hiring anyone who's classified? Right. As, you and I, you and you I know? are both small business owners, so I don't think either one of us would uh, hire non-essential personnel. That seems pretty ridiculous to me. But uh, yeah, I, I do want to get to the border here in a second because I've actually come around mm-hmm. to your way of thinking on the border, at least somewhat. So that'll be fun. But um, like, just going back to Trump's speech at the the Fourth of July parade, like. He, it wasn't even like a Trump kind of thing. Like he didn't talk about himself at all, and he didn't. It wasn't like mm-hmm. a campaign. Th- like usually, anytime he opens his mouth, it's it's a campaign rally. Like that's kind of just his vibe. But it wasn't. Like he just talked about like American exceptionalism and and you know America's great, you're great, all that. And the left was was protesting. They were rioting. They were trying to burn American flags. I say trying to burn flags because I'm sure you saw that the <laughs> the viral video of that Antifa kid that was trying to burn a flag. Um, but he couldn't figure out how to use a fucking lighter. So he just <laughs> neatly yeah. rolled up. Antifa is not no. the, brightest, uh, the best <laughs> no. and brightest. No. So it's like, man, if you're just like, you know, Johnny Q independent sitting there in Wisconsin or whatever, and you're just looking at the boat at both sides, it's like, I really don't know. I mean, look, look, the entire Democratic Party and the entire press has endorsed Antifa at this point. Yeah. So it's like, if you're mm-hmm. looking at the Trump speech, you're looking at this crap. It's like, I don't know, man. It's not hard to come down on the side of Trump, especially with like incumbency does carry a little bit of like, you know, it, it eases people's minds when an incumbent is in office, the end man. of the day. The president can always say one, one thing as an incumbent that no one else can say and be judged solely on that one That's statement. True. And that's, are you better today than you were four years ago? Are you happier today than you were four years ago? That was a Reagan ago? 84. Now, the that's, Democrats that, are going to say, Yeah, that was not. the Reagan 84 pitch, right? Right. But but at the same time, it's it's something that was always just assumed right. that that would go with running as an incumbent. That, like, if you're going to vote for the incumbent, if you're happy with the way the country's going. So the Democrats, of course, are less happy, but they only get one vote. So them being more pissed off than they were in 2016 makes no difference whatsoever. The right is more galvanized for Trump than they've ever been, even though even people like me who are blackpilled on Trump, like I, I don't particularly care about Trump at the moment. But at the same time, I'm going to vote for him because I have no other options. It's either. I don't, and I originally thought, like, I'll maybe protest vote and vote for my dog or something. But there's just <laughs> no point, because then why go in the first right. place? Like, why go to the actual polls? You know, so I, at this point, I'm voting for Trump. So is everyone else on the right. And the normies in the middle, right, like the boomers and all those people that that just are more concerned with, like, Harmony and Gibbs and their their jobs and their Social Security and shit like that. There's a decent portion of them that say, I want the madness to stop. I want this constant reading every time I turn on my TV. I want, like, everyone calling everybody a Nazi. I want all of this to stop. But if I give in to the Democrats. Am I just buying my kid the toy because he's screaming in the middle of the store and I'm done being embarrassed? And most people come to the conclusion, even if it's subconsciously, that that's always the wrong decision. Always. You know, so I I think I think Trump wins. I think he wins kind of handedly. Um, It'll look lopsided because they'll win the popular vote for sure, even if he crushes all over the country. But I think electorally, he's going to see a big win there. They'll, of course, push to abolish the Electoral College further at that point. But um, 2020 is most likely our last real election anyway so it wait, 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 what do you mean by that but 
I bet this is what I, you know, this, this was one of those moments, you know, when you're talking about something and you assume everybody's on the same page and then you realize like years later that no one was on the same page and you were talking about something completely different and no one realized it. Whenever anyone talked about illegal immigration, right. And it affecting voting, I always assumed they were talking about what I was, but they weren't. Everyone was talking about illegals going and getting, um, you know, fake voter uh, registration cards and going to the polls and voting, which actually not only happens very rarely, but is incredibly easy to detect. Right. You know, it's just e even if you, they don't want like, let's say three million illegals voted in like like Trump likes to say in the 2016 election, he still won. So it, it uh, you know, like it it doesn't usually matter much. What I always assumed everyone was talking about was the census. Because in 2020, the citizenship question not being on the census means that California, New York, Arizona, Texas, and New Mexico are going to be able to count all of their uh, illegals. Right. And they don't even have to tell you whether they're illegal or not. And at that point, you're going to see 10 seats from the Midwest going to California, Texas, Arizona, and New York, which are completely blue areas, the, the places that they're going to go. And they're all going to come from red areas. So they're going to increase their congressional representation. They're going to increase their electoral college votes and the amount of federal money that they get all to take care of the illegals because we're not allowed to ask if they're citizens. How is this happening? <clears throat> I mean, how like did did Trump's attorneys do just a piss poor job? It, was the case argued poorly in front of the Supreme Court? Like, how, how is this allowed to to happen? Like, I I haven't touched on this because I haven't read that much into it, but it's just it's mind boggling to me. That at least as of now, I know Trump's pledging to to appeal it and to keep fighting it. But as of now, there's not going to be the citizenship question on the 2020 census. How? Like, how the hell is this is this allowed to happen? First of all, it was included in some form up until 2010. It was Obama that right. got rid of it. And I don't know what they have on John Roberts, the chief justice of the Supreme Oof. Court. But he has literally come through for the left on every issue that matters to them since he became chief justice. Right. So he basically ruled with the liberal um, side that the secretary of commerce who came into office wanting to put the census question on didn't bother to find out if it was a good idea until he already made the decision he was going to put it on. Therefore, it was a pretext that he was going to put it on. So he has to like, like prove that it wasn't a pretext, which is the stupidest thing ever, because everybody comes in with pretext. That's what getting elected right. means. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, so it's that's basically what they ruled. They put it back to the next court, but it's mo I would I would put money on it. It's not going to be on the on, on the census. It's incredible. That's absolutely incredible. So, yeah, let's let's talk about the border a little bit, because I, uh, you know, I, mm -hmm. I'm whatever a conservative, a libertarian, whatever you want to call me. You know, libertarians call me a conservative. Conservatives call me a libertarian. And I've always been, you know, and I, I still am to a certain extent, like pro legal immigration. I don't want to completely shut the border to everybody, but. You know, I do want a completely secured border, whether that's a wall or not. I don't care. Sure. Why not? It can't hurt. Right. And we, we need border security. Mm -hmm. We need more ice. We need more, more border agents. Uh, we need E-Verify, all that stuff. Um, and I, I'd almost, you know, we're letting in, what, 1.1, 1.2 million legal immigrants in the country every year. That's, you know, over double any other country on the planet. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm, I'm kind of I, I'm for lowering that number drastically as well. And it took me a while to get there. But. Um, I kind of got there for different reasons than other people. It has nothing to do with 
you know, obviously nothing to do with race or anything like that. But it's, you know, I, I don't really care about democracy. I only care about first principles and liberty and, and you know, my, my God-given freedoms. So <laughs> I don't really care. Like, I don't want people to vote away my liberties. I don't respect that. I don't respect people voting away my freedoms. Uh, you know, if you want to take away my freedoms, you can go fuck yourself. And I don't really, uh, why should I respect somebody else voting for socialism or something like that? So, like, the example I always give is, I'm fine with as many Cubans coming to the country as possible because they all end up voting Republican or Libertarian. <laughs> you know, like Cubans are, are some of the most the most conservative voting base in the country because they all lived under a murderous communist dictator in in the Castros, and they want the opposite of that, so they vote for small government. So if we if we can import as many voters as you want from people that oppose big government, but that's not where most of these people are coming from. So it has nothing to do with the typical immigration argument. I just don't want people voting my freedoms away. That's literally the only thing I care about on the immigration issue. So you, you touched on a couple things that are very interesting. I'm doing a, I'm doing a show at three o'clock today where I'm going to be talking about the declaration of independence and it's true brilliance, right? Because most people get hung up on the all men are created equal line where the left will say, Oh, they didn't include women and slaves. And the right will say, Oh, you know, it, it, it's talking about everybody is created equal, which is nonsense. It is. It isn't nonsense that all people are created equal. And that's not a racial thing. It's not a sex thing. It's a biological human thing. Okay. I don't feel jealous of Lawrence Taylor because I can't play for the New York Giants. You know, like we're not created equal. He's a superior football player. Right. <laughs> you know, that should be celebrated. But the, the, that was more of a, of a declaration of principles when he, he said all men are created equal. It's like the people that read the Second Amendment that go a well-regulated militia being necessary for the free state. They leave that part. You know, they read that and then they leave off the rest of keeping and bearing right. arms people leave off the all men are created equal where they leave off endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights that was the purpose of created equal that those rights are equal right. that you have a right to life liberty and the pursuit of happiness you know as you define them so but in the in the declaration there's something that was very important that you, that they touched on and that you just touched on and what is a conservative most people think a conservative is someone who's against abortion and who's again who's pro-gun rights and whatever the right decides to make their dark issue of the moment, right? A conservative is a person who believes in the principles of the American Revolution. Yes. And when you were saying, I would import all of Cuba, they are the American Revolution. They're the tyrannical government. We're going to get there and, and do away with this state behemoth that takes away our rights and takes away our ability to pursue happiness. You know, that's why importing them is not a problem. That's why it's never been a right. problem. You know, like, and, and there are people like that'll go, that'll go, oh, my human biodiversity, it's it's an, it's an IQ thing. First of all, their IQs are fine. Secondly, who cares? <laughs> it's not an IQ thing. It's it's it, yes. Do people with higher IQs do better? Yes. Sometimes, you know. But you know what? For every, but I'm saying for every corporation like McDonald's that gets hired, there are millions of people that get hired that, to run cash registers or to sweep floors or to do anything. There's no shame in not having a CEO right. job, you know. And we've made that a shame. We because now we're we're on the you know. Mo equality where everybody has to have an equality of outcome so we're sitting here arguing like blah 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 why is this guy who sweeps the floor only making ten dollars an hour but this guy in his ceo seats meets 10 million well who cares that's unimportant you know if you compare your life to everybody else you can always i'm sure jeff bezos can sit at his desk and go man my life sucks i have a camera up my ass 24 hours a day i can't even send a dick pic to my mistress <laughs> without losing 70 billion dollars you know like i'm sure he bit his ass in the spotlight right, right. You know, so so but that's what they do. But there's one that's really important that touches on the border. And this this is when they spelled out to 
right? Instead, he has refused for a long time after such dissolutions to cause others to be elected, whereby the legislative powers incapable of annihilation have returned to the people at large for their excise, the state, remaining in the meantime exposed to all dangers of invasion from without and convulsions from within. What is he saying? The legislature, instead of legislating, they just sit on their hands and they leave the problem open so that you beg them to do something about it. But the meanwhile, you're completely wide open. Right. And you just say, OK, I don't care what you pass. Pass communism. Just do something, you know. But this is exactly what Congress has been doing since 2008. They've completely abdicated their responsibility for passing legislation. Right. They ask they, they pass budgets only in continuing resolutions. They do not pass a yearly budget because they don't want a, an open debate on any issues or any dollar being spent. They, the president rules through, through executive action and the opposition oppose it through the courts. Those are the only two ways that we, roll, we rule right now. So right now we're in a state of basically open borders, right? right? Completely open borders. But as long as they don't pass any legislation in closing them, they'll remain open. So we can bitch about it all we want. We can say whatever we want. Donald Trump can get out there and say, I'm sending down the military. The law will still be the same. The borders will be open. And the only way he'll be able to solve it is through usurpation power, which, of course, they'll call him a fascist and they'll come after us or whatever. And who knows what happens at the result of that. But, but what I've always said, and, and then you said you came around to kind of my way of being, is, is this is why I've always said what I've right. said. Legal immigration, illegal immigration, anchor babies, naturalization, all of these things, all the principles are what will doom you. If you're constantly my principles, my principles, my principles, nothing will ever get done because you'll, you'll never ever accept anything less than your right. principles, right? The issue is, is that until Congress is willing to take up the mantle, we need to reverse it. Instead of saying the borders stay open until they get off their asses and do something, the borders stay closed until they get off their asses and do something. If they care about all these Central, Central American migrants and African migrants and all these people who are coming as refugees, if they actually care, they'll get off their asses and do something to pass legislation to help these people. But instead, what they do is they encourage them to come here. They encourage them to come here undocumented. So they get taken advantage of by being paid slave wages. They drive down the labor markets for everybody else because you can't get a job at a car wash that pays less than a dollar and that pays more than a dollar an hour, you know, because they can find 25 Mexicans who are willing to do it for a dollar an hour. So how is some kid from the inner city supposed to get a job at a car? You no, know, it's funny. It is, you funny. know, just on a basic from just a business sense, right? Or just a basic how human beings behave, how people run their own lives. It's, it's, it's just a funny way to put it. The logical thing to do would be to close the borders until we can figure out a better system, how to fix the system. You know, like if you're, if you're driving down the street and your car is on fire, you don't say, well, I'm going to keep driving down the road until I figure out what's wrong with the car. You pull over and you don't move that damn car until right. until it's fixed. That's that's, But... It, it is it is insane. And, you know, obviously, Republicans piss me off on this issue, too, because, you know, they like open borders as well. Even the ones that don't want open borders like open borders just so they can hit the Democrats with it. And then obviously the Democrats, they I mean, they just want to import, uh, you know, uh, voters. That, that's I mean, they're not hiding the ball. I mean, the, the masks are completely off at this at this point. No, yeah, they'll yeah, openly they're say they're not even hiding anymore. No, they'll openly so, say like, what 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 can be done like. Trump has tried, you know, not as hard as, you know, like you said, he shut down the government, which, and I agree with you, don't threaten me with a good time, shut it down, you know, permanently, shut it down for a year. Yeah, I don't I'm give fine a shit, with but, that. Um, like, what can be done? Like, I, I don't even know if we get, if the Republicans retake the House, which probably isn't that likely, it is very likely that they obtain the Senate um, and the Trump gets reelected, but it's, 
you know, even let's say, you know, we do have a speaker, Kevin McCarthy or whoever the hell would be the Republican speaker or Steve Scalise or whoever. Let's say they have a 30 vote majority in the House, which probably isn't going to happen. Like, what could they actually get through with like a. Yeah. So here's the deal. You, you touched on a very important thing. OK. And if you ever read uh, it, I would encourage you to read because you would get such a fucking kick out of it. Or if not, I'll send you some videos that you can watch that, that hit the high notes of Mencius Moldbug. Right. Who talks about the one party state. We basically live in a one party state. The Republicans are not a real opposition, which is why, if you'll ever notice, Democrats get elected. They immediately move to a solidify their power and b to pass as much legislation as they possibly can. The Republicans get elected and it's the exact opposite. And Mulbug, he goes into this. He says, look, if, if George Bush were a true conservative, and the Republican Party was a true opposition party. When he had the House, Senate, and Supreme Court in 2000 when he was elected, right, he would have made moves to solidify his support of the, of the Supreme Court. He could have moved the Department of State into the Pentagon. He could have closed the borders. He could have done, he could have moved to do all of that. And instead, the only thing he moved on was a tax cut, which was a worthless tax right. cut at that. So the Republicans never moved to either solidify power or pass real legislation. Their favorite position is where they are right now. They have the Senate, which means they can vote on judges. They don't get their asses kicked because that makes them look bad with liberal judges right. getting elected. Right. But they can't pass anything else because it has to come from the House. So they don't have the House. So they get to do exactly what they believe they were elected to do, which is bitch and raise money off of their bitching, which is what they love right now. They're in that position where they can. Right. Do right. And real quick. So what, the way you do it, I come yeah, with real, real quick. I, and ho I, real yeah, quick, hold, hold just, that thought, because I just want to differentiate between. Um, what we're talking about in a different kind of government doing nothing. Like, obviously, I think the greatest U.S. president was Calvin Coolidge. He didn't do anything. He just cut everybody's taxes, deregulated everything, and then uh, didn't do anything and would veto everything Congress did. <laughs> but th yeah, but, that, but that's different. Be. We weren't at war in the 1920s. There was no crisis on the border. We were in an unprecedented time of, of peace and prosperity in the 1920s, the greatest booming economy any nation in the history of the world has ever had, at least since, like, early Roman Republic days, right? So, like, that's that's a lot different mm -hmm. than what we have going on right now. Um, not that things aren't pretty good now, I mean, because they absolutely are, but, um, like, that, that tactic of doing nothing just to shut down bad legislation is a lot different than what the Republicans are doing now, which is, like, they just don't have the balls to do anything. They just don't have the balls to pass what they campaign. Well, on. because think about it. Their inaction isn't like Coolidge's right. inaction. Coolidge's inaction left the welfare state in check because he wouldn't pass new welfare state legislation. He wouldn't pass new new open border legislation. He wouldn't pass things that would alter the trajectory right. of America. If the Republicans sit back and do nothing right now, we have a fully functioning, out-of-control welfare state, a fully open border, a disastrous foreign policy. Without them passing legislation, doing nothing is adding to the problem as opposed yes. to hurting the problem. But as I said, for, on the immigration thing, you said, how, how do we do this? How do we change things? Right. And this is something it's funny because this was the first thing Trump said when he came down the escalator and they went nuts on him for being racist for saying it. And he also said it with the Muslim ban as well. Shut down all immigration until Congress gets their act together. Now, that sounds very hard to do or it sounds very, you know, like stupid. But think about this. You pass legislation that says we are shutting down the border. We're shutting down chain, chain, chain citizenship. We're shutting down legal immigration. We're shutting down everything that everybody right. wants, right? Because the Republicans want legal. The the Democrats want illegal. Everybody wants their, their piece of the pie. We're shutting it all right. down, right? And any law that gets passed has a 10-year implementation pro right. process. 
Why? Because eight years, the, the president will not be in office. He will not get credit for what yeah. happens. Okay, that is the most important part, is that if, if you do it for a 10-year implementation, and if you start over, if, if, if a Democrat gets elected and says, fuck it, I want to reopen the borders, right? Okay, pass the legislation. Still has a 10-year right. implementation right, right. process. So, you know, they're going to have to wait 10 years for it to happen, which most likely they won't be in office. So if, as long as you do that, if you shut it all down and say, we're, we're closed, we're not doing this anymore, we're going to have to figure out shit for ourselves, and Congress is going to have to reassert its, its right to pass legislation and to make laws and debate laws, you know, until Congress is willing to get its act together, we're doing the opposite. Instead of flooding the country with illegals, which is destroying the very fabric of our society, Right. Close it down and tell these people, you know what, Democrats, if you give a shit so much about the Honduran refugees, you go face them and tell them they're not getting in ever until you pass legislation because you're too much of a shithead to do what you were elected to do. You know, like you, you face your voters and say, I'm not willing to help these people anymore because I don't give a shit. I want to hurt the Republicans. You know, if you did that, you would see Congress get off their ass and start passing legislation. And as I said, you make the implementation process so they can't run out and take immediate you can't campaign it. on it you can't, because you can't fundraise that. on it yeah, yeah no i love that uh, of a 10-year uh process i think that's a brilliant idea um all right i, I don't i'm not an expert on this on this topic so i, I just want to ask you I, I can't really tell i've read articles that, that argue one way or the other is there anything to um obviously we do have tariffs and 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 stuff on on mexico right now that is hurting their economy and their economy sucks anyway but is there anything to the, you know, the whatever, 20,000 troops they, they've put on the border and then they've put a few thousand troops on their southern border as well to try to bottleneck um, the Central American refugees coming through their southern border? Is there anything to that? Is that going to help at all? Or is that just them like begging Trump to lift sanctions on, on their stuff? So the, the, this is very easy to understand. Banks get robbed right. all the time. Right. Uh, and even more so in the past, but they still get robbed all the time. So do, so do airline terminals, so do all kinds of places, regardless of how secure they are. Someone figures out how to get in. Now, if you have a policy, I know you can't do this, but I'm just saying theoretically, you, you put a nerve agent on every entrance point and on every internal system that if you broke into that bank, you're, you would never have people right. breaking into banks. They just wouldn't consider the risk to be worth the reward. You can put 100 million troops on the border, but if they're not willing to shoot people who don't listen to them, and I'm not advocating for genocide or for shooting lots of people. That's, right, right, that's not what I'm saying. But just making them stand there is pointless because the border is 2,000 miles long. So where and 20,000 people is barely can cover two miles, you know, if you stood them side by side. So what you're creating is just a, a, a pressure point where wherever the Mexican troops are, there'll be less immigration, but they'll just go somewhere else. You know, and then when they say, oh, they're all coming in here in Texas, they'll all run over there and then they'll just come in through Arizona. And, and likewise, likewise, likewise. Trump, and this is another reason I'm really blackpilled on Trump lately, is he loves public wins. He loves to be able to say, look right. what I did, regardless of with whether what he did is good or bad or indifferent. Then putting troops on the border is meaningless if the troops aren't doing anything, right? Because you can move them wherever you want. If they're not doing anything, it makes no difference. So he loves to come out and go, see, I put tariffs on Mexico. They got their act together and moved 20,000 people to the border. Well, you know what else we agreed to do? as part of the whole they're moving 20,000 troops to their border pay for it why wouldn't they move them to the border you know like we're paying for them to stand on the border we're paying for them to to watch the centers where they catch like 10 percent of illegals so of course they're going to do it tariffs listen tariffs give you what what's what's known in in our 
circles in, in libertarian circles or, or anything like that as an emotional way. Right. right. You say, OK, I'm going to fuck them if they won't do what I want because they need me. Right. And they, they go, oh, OK, well, I do need you. So I'm going to I'm going to do whatever you ask just to whatever the minimum is to get you to remove these tariffs. Right. So Trump says, OK, I want you to move 20,000 troops to the border. And they say, well, what are we supposed to do? Stick them in the middle of the desert? There's no there's no shelter there for them. There's no bases. What are we doing? Just moving them there to die of thirst in the desert? No, we'll pay for it. We'll put up barracks. We'll put up food. We'll put up everything we want and we'll take off the tariffs. Great. Everybody's happy. It's an emotional win. It just doesn't do anything. You know, it's just a giant circle jerk. And Trump loves those. You know, that's why he goes and shakes hands with the North Korean dictator, even though they haven't even gotten close to a deal. No one's even talking about parameters of a deal. You know, but he loves going there and go check out this win. Bill Clinton was never able to come up and shake Kim Jong Un's hand because he sucked or his father's hand. Excuse me. But, you know, he loves these wins. That's why and he especially loves the wins that come at the result that it seems of his trolling. You know, like he, he feels like I get on Twitter, I insult Mexico. I put a tariff in place. They they come to heal and give me my 20,000 troops and everybody's happy, especially the Magatards and the and all these people. They're thrilled, you know, because uh, this is the 4D chess plan. This is what right, we were right. waiting for. He, He's been waiting to implement it for the last three years, you know, and in the meanwhile, more people are flooding over the border than ever right. have. So if that's the result that everybody's flooding over the border, what does it matter what he did? If, if it has no practical effect, it's a worthless way. I don't know how, even if we build a 2000 mile wall on our southern border, which isn't going to happen. I, I don't even with E-Verify everything else. So it, it would make it difficult for employers to hire illegals. Which obviously we we need to. I mean, that's mm-hmm. probably would do more good than than anything else. To be honest, we have this welfare state. When we have this ridiculous welfare state, I don't see the immigration problem being solved anytime soon. I mean, there would have to. That's the, the only way. way. Ending that's the, the welfare only state way. is the only. Am, am I? Is there? There's no other way, right? Am, am I correct on this? So that's why I said a 10-year implementation process. Ending the welfare state is the only thing that matters to shutting down immigration. As soon as you have a reason for them to come, they will come. And no one has the balls to stand on this 2,000-mile wall that'll never get built and start shooting at Mexicans approaching the border. No one's doing it. No one's going to advocate doing it. And no one's going to actually do what needs to be done militarily, if if you want the best empire voice out there, you know, to, to stop them militarily. So if they're not going to stop them physically, the only thing that you can do, and you know what, yeah, you know what proof I have of this? They're doing it. And I think it's fin. They took away the welfare benefits to all people that came in. And guess what? They're yeah. all leaving. You know, they, they don't want to be there. They don't get the gibbs. So the idea that we, we can somehow work on the border while keeping intact the welfare state, which we can't afford anyway, is ridiculous. And that's why the Democrats are willing to say, I'll give health care to all illegals. All of them are willing every to say, every last one of them. Raise their hand. I'm willing to give health care. Yep. Why? Because they know the welfare state is what attracts the immigrants. They don't care about taking care of ones that are here. They could give a shit. Welfare and I mean, uh, Medicaid is one of the worst health systems we have in this country. It's the worst insurance there is. And the majority of them go to emergency rooms where it's $90 for an aspirin. You know, the, the cost of taking care of illegals through health care is, is pathetic and miserable. But they're willing to do it because they know it encourages yeah, more I mean, to that, come. Because that, you'd that's rather, the most pathetic You don't thing. care if the aspirin costs 90 yeah, I mean, that's the most pathetic it. thing. The Democratic candidates at that shit show of a debate a couple weeks ago, they were talking to illegal aliens. <laughs> like, with that question. I mean, yeah. they, they stood up, raised their hand. They were speaking directly to illegals, uh, saying, come here. You know, we're going to take care of you. Vote for us. I mean, it's like just the transparency. It, it's so funny, man. Like, I can't even you, you couldn't even picture somebody like Barack Obama saying something like that five years ago. Right. 
I mean, the 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 rate yeah. that they are radicalizing is is stunning, and we all of us on all of our shows, you and I and everybody else, talk about the you know the radicalization of the Democratic Party, the Corbynization of the Democratic Party, whatever you want to call it. It's happened even faster than even guys like you and I could have predicted, right? I mean, look, I mean, I knew it was going to mm-hmm. get bad. I mean, I knew it was going to get bad in 2015 with the rise of Bernie Sanders, right? I'm like, yikes! As long as he's a thought leader on the left, you know, they're going to escalate their 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 sprint towards socialism. But I had no idea it was going to happen this fast. There's what 26 Democrats running for president. One of them, one John Hickenlooper, former Colorado governor, is the only one that's denounced socialism. The only one. Mm-hmm. He's the only one, and not. I mean, even like candidates yeah. that I like a little bit, like Andrew Yang. I think he's a smart guy. He's wrong on everything, but you know, he seems intelligent. Wouldn't denounce socialism. Tulsi Gabbard, she's great on war, but she's a socialist. I mean, like none of these people, even the ones that we'd view as like intelligent, decent human beings, none of them, none of them would say no. We're not going to pay for health care for every illegal alien that wants to come here. Yeah, no, uh, we're not going to, you know, protect capitalism, the, the form of government that's lifted more people out of poverty than anything else in the history of the world. It's like, who could have guessed five years ago that they were going to be this extreme this quickly? But this, uh, this is where, where you hit on the, the main point that I was talking about before. This is why they love Trump, right? Because Trump in office says we're the freest, most rich country on the planet, right? Which it probably isn't true. Rich wise it is, but but free wise it isn't. But let, let's let's just make the pretend that it is because we do have a Second Amendment, which right. no one else does. Okay, so let's just say we're the freest country, we're the richest country on the planet. That's all well and good, but when all said and done, if the people are willing to identify that with being a Nazi, right, which they do now. Now Trump says I'm a capitalist. They say that's because capitalism <laughs> is Nazi or fascist, right? Right, and they're able to keep doing this over and over and over again. Well, it used to be. I mean. Everyone who's older than 20 remembers that if you said the word socialism or communism in a political debate, that was the end of your debate, end of your career. Because people would go, oh, you want to be commie? You're a commie? Like, fuck you. You know, like, I'm not paying for everybody's shit. But at the same time, now being a commie is the opposite of being a Nazi. So now it's, yo, you have to be into Karl Marx. You have to be into all these Gibbs. Because if you deny anybody anything, you're obviously a fascist. And you side with the fascists and the fascists are taking over. So, you know, this is why they love having Trump in. They're able to move to the left without basically any opposition from the general public. You know, that's the thing. Um, Obviously, every election is a moment in time, right? Every every general election for president. And I I, I Mm -hmm. 100 percent and most people on the right say this. I I 100 percent agree that Trump is the only one that could have won. Um, I mean, they, they showed polls. They showed theoretical polls during the primaries that, like, you know, Kasich would have beaten Hillary by 12 points or whatever, and Cruz would have beaten Hillary by five points, and Trump would lose by 10 points or whatever. And, no, I don't buy that at all. I think Trump is the only one that could have beaten Hillary Clinton in 2016. Um, and even right now, like, if, let's just say there was an open—he was running for the first time now, and it was an open Republican primary. I don't see any other Republicans right now that could beat— uh, the, a Democrat right now, except for Trump, and I think he will. Mm-hmm. At least hopefully he will. But, like, we need to be looking at—but the thing is, the landscape isn't going to go back to, you know, 2014 Republican versus Democrat. Like, it, the terms have changed forever. For better or for worse, it's a different game now. So it's like, if you think that Mike—even a guy like Mike Pence, he's not going to win in 2024. Ted Cruz is not going to win in 2024. Marco Rubio, yeah. with his war hawk pass, is not going to win in 2024. You know, the American people are over war. Um, you know, like— I 
we, we need to be looking for that next generation of conservative and libertarian leaders that can actually win general elections statewide and nationally. Because I don't know, man. Like, I don't know if it's Rand Paul. I don't know if it's a guy like Mike Lee, uh, Thomas Massey. I mean, there's a handful of people that I like in office. There's, there's a few, not many. There's a few there's, there's a few that I really like. Jim Jordan's okay. You know, there, there's a handful of guys. But, um, you know, we kind of need to be looking for that next generation of I mean, the Trump moment's going to be over soon. I mean, he's a 73-year-old man. He's only got, at best, five and a half years in office, you know. So, like, is there anybody out there on the right that you think could be a rising star in the Republican Party in, in the future? Because, I, I don't know, once the Trump moment is over, we're going to be at square one, man. And I hope Republican leaders, I hope conservative thought leaders, libertarian thought leaders are <laughs> thinking about that and planning ahead. I don't think they are, but I, I hope somebody's asking these questions. So— I think personally, what does Trump want to see for 2024? He wants to see Don Jr. or that's Baby Ivanka happen. run. That's not going to happen. Um, it, even if it does, they they'll, get, they'll crushed. get crushed. Yeah. Okay, because because even though they're they got the, they're not George W. Bush who they needed to run in, right. in 2000. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody wants either one of them, and they're they're not any yeah. good anyway. Last place we should look to leadership is our politicians because Washington is so pathetically broken. Anyone who's part of that machine needs to just step back and not do it. I mean, Trump was elected because he wasn't part of that machine. <clears throat> who's the next alt leader? I don't know. The hard part is, is that right now, right wingers are under attack. You know, like even right wing celebrities, right wing millionaires, whoever are, are going and hiding because they don't want to be labeled as fascists. They don't want to lose business. So we don't know who that next person is. Are we assuming that the next person might rise up? It could be. But you have to remember something. And, and I say this, you know, tongue in cheek, obviously. The right in this country are their own worst enemies by a thousand percent. OK, like why, 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 why do you go to Portland to hold a free speech rally <laughs> where Antifa has institutional protection? Right. And you know how I. I, how you know it's a political stunt because last time they were all walking around with guns and this time they were all walking around with batons and nobody got shot and nobody got hit you know what i'm saying so you, you know they weren't there to actually defend free speech they were there to get on tv and make a spectacle of themselves and they did and two people almost got beaten to death by antifa why are you going into their house to talk about something if you threw that rally in, in west texas you know you'll get 10 times the participants you'll not have to worry a slight shit about it Tifa. And, you know, you control the narrative at that point. But what do we do? We keep going back for more. We keep holding more rallies at Berkeley, more rallies in Portland, more rallies in D.C. Because after all, you know, we're going to show those Antifa people. And you know what happens? They show up and the people that are all big and bad and they show up with their AR-15s and they're going to do whatever. They realize that if they shoot one of these people, they're going to go to prison for the rest right. of their lives. OK. And, and a stupid rally that nobody's paying attention to anyway is not worth going to prison for the rest of right. your life. You know, Antifa's protected there. They're they're not going to they beat those two people and didn't even get arrested. You know, the mayor said, I understood that the police didn't intervene. What? You know, how about this then, mayor? Your job is to protect people in your city. So if you're OK with the police not intervening, would you then be OK if I dragged you out of the office and burned you alive? Obviously, you'd protest and say that, that, that the police should be protecting you. But you're doing the same thing. You're allowing them to call use violence to accomplish political goals, because after all, you agree with those political goals, whereas you would easily use the police to stop anyone else from from dissent. That's that's tyranny. You know, I 
That's what. That's why we have. See, I agree with you there, and I also, I mean, taking that a step further, I mean, I think that even applies electorally, right? Like, I think there's some entire states that we just need to cut bait, man. As conservatives or liberty, that's what. Yeah, it's like, like forget Portland, I mean, forget Los Angeles, forget Berkeley, like forget the state of California. I, I think just let the state of California be run by all these commies until there's no money left and they, everybody leaves. You know what I mean? Like, it's, I don't think there's any bringing these people back. I, there's no bringing Portland back at this point. Like, you, like you said, the, the the mayor of Portland basically endorsed Antifa and said, yeah, you know, kill conservatives if you feel like it. So, like, you're not going to win Portland back mm-hmm. right now. Just cut bait and, and focus on Fort Worth, you know what I'm saying? I would, you know, First of all, I've been saying right. that forever. I've been saying that, that the thing in this country that can unite the right and left is California seceding. Okay, the left wants it because they want their Democratic People's Republic of California, and the right want it because fuck California. (laughs) This is something everyone can get behind, but no one's doing it, right? And remember, Rome used to be backtrack. There is a body of of land right now that used to be Rome, right? The Roman Empire, and now it's called Europe. It balkanized and became its own countries when Rome became too big on itself and it collapsed. There's a huge country we have here, and you hit on this before. It used to be that the the Democrats were the opposition. They looked at each other as the opposition, right? They were they were just people who wanted the best for the country. They just disagreed on right. how to get there. Now that both sides are the enemy, you can't get along with the enemy. They have to be opposed with everything you've got, including right. violence. So how would we expect that an election matters anymore? The left will never accept an election. And we're on the right, so we probably would because we're real shitbags like that. We, we let them force us to play by our own rules. So, you know, like because my principles, that's what I was talking about before. Like how many how many cucks came out and said, well, if the Supreme Court said that we can't have the census question, then I guess we can rule of law and all of that. It's like, go tell that to Antifa. They're really listening to the right. rule of law. I mean, there's a, there's some rays of light that happened. Did you see this thing that happened in Oregon with the no, state Senate? No. So the governor has a supermajority of Democrats and in in the house and right. senate in oregon so they went to put pass cap and trade right so the republicans now just so you know this happens all the time this isn't like an, a unique right, right, situation right. the republicans just took off they left because they're denying them a quorum so they can't they can't vote on the actual legislation because there's no quorum there and the republicans are in hiding now the democrats do this too this as i said this is something that's happened yes, in many yes. different states and happens over and over again and what the may what the governor said is also what happened she sent the state police after after them to find them and bring them back to vote. And the Republican majority or minority leader said, if you send the state police to come get me, make sure they're single and tell them to come well armed. Okay. And he straight up said he would shoot anybody who comes on his property to, to escort him to the Senate to vote. That's a ray of light. That's someone who's finally said, fuck you. I don't care anymore. If you're not the rules, then neither am I. And that's exactly what the right needs to say. When the, when Trump does some weird executive order, which, as I said, I don't think he actually wants to enforce anyway. I think it's a, 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 a circle jerk. But let's say he passed the Muslim ban, just right. as an example, and said, I'm blocking these countries from any visitation whatsoever because they're filled with terrorists and I don't want terrorists coming here. Oh, but you're a racist. I don't care what you say. Your, your words are so meaningless to me. I don't give a flying shit. Call me Hitler. Call me Mussolini. Call me whatever you want. I, I don't care. I'm doing what's best for the country. And the country would support him in this. If he said, fuck you and your insults, I don't care. I'm doing what I want. Then they say, okay, well, we'll go to some liberal ass judge out in Hawaii and we'll get an order against you and whatever. And he said, and if Trump just said, that's nice, but tell that judge to get his army together and make me. 
Okay, the court has no enforcement power, and I'm not going to listen because the safety of the country over what overrules this idiot who doesn't even have any immigration to his state anyway, putting my shit on hold. From now on, the order goes in until we until we change it. Not that we don't do, do shit until we change it. You know, we don't let you to keep the status quo by just constantly challenging us legally and everywhere else. From now on, it's our way. If the, if Trump were willing to do that, he would probably be able to change the Constitution to run for a third term in 2024. But he's not. And neither are the Republicans that we always let them force us to play by. Yeah, our we own are rules. playing on their, their playing field all the time. I mean, they, they dictate the terms of the fight, you know, and. The the terms yeah. change too. It's you know, like imagine a boxing match where you know you're a boxer and every bout you have the rules are completely different and you can't control it. You know that's that's what the Republicans are walking into every time. One one more thing before I let you go. I'm almost out of time. But do you? Th- I'm not in any rush. So if you if you're if you're in a, if you want to hang out for a little bit, that's fine. I'm, no, I'm I got to get this rush. edited and uploaded. But uh, but um, oh, but do you think that the press and the Democrats? I mean, what's the difference at this point? But we really don't have a free press. But do you think the press and the Democrats using the whole you're you're a fascist, you're a Nazi, you're a bigot, you're a homophobe, blah, 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 blah. I, I know on the right, like those terms mean nothing anymore. Like if somebody accuses somebody of racism and this is dangerous, I mean, this is scary because there are racists out there. So it's really you know, troubling. But like if some, if I see on Twitter or whatever, somebody's being accused of being a racist, I just automatically assume they're not a racist, which which kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're trying to do the same thing with rape, too, which is even scarier because, you know, rape exists. And uh, it's probably not good that I just assume there wasn't a rape when somebody says they were raped. You know what I mean? Like, that's like, I don't like that. That's where my mind automatically goes. But like their power of using those terms to beat down Trump, to beat down Republicans, to beat down, you know, conservatives, libertarians, they have to be losing that power. Like that has to be, I mean, they've already lost that power on the right, obviously, but like even for independents, the people that actually decide elections, because remember the 30% of the country's registered Democrats, about 28% are registered Republicans and you know, whatever, 50, 52% or, 42% math. Yeah. Fuck math. 42% are independents, right? So, like, among those 42% in- independents... So the 42% are in the I don't yeah. give a shit so, like, category. For those independents, the people that actually choose presidents, the, the using, wielding those words against conservatives, the, that has to fall on deaf ears, right? I mean, there's no way... They've been going strong for, like, since, since Reagan. I mean, since the early 80s, they've been doing this. That has to be falling on deaf ears by now, right? I, they have to be at the end of their rope with being able to wield that power. Okay, so what you said is very important. The left tends to invigorate exactly what they're opposed to, right? right? So by calling everybody a Nazi and calling everybody a rapist, they're not causing people to become Nazis. Of course, of course. Okay, that's what they would have you believe. Okay, and that's what the right would love for oh, I, you to I just, believe, is that, I just oh, mean the boy that cried wolf thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, right. you know, they, they've ruined right. those terms, which is dangerous to the actual victims of those you know, crimes. So, you know. Right, but for all those people out there who aren't so involved or whatever, right, they could be convinced at one point that the presumption of innocence might not be the best thing because they're saying, oh, well, rapists get out on technicalities because there's a presumption of innocence and the wealthy and elite, they, they get out of everything because of the presumption of innocence. Right. So they could be straight. But now when they see the left go completely looney tunes and now right now, the presumption of innocence is something that everybody finds important because they can internalize it. They can say, "Okay, you know what? I could see myself going home from a bar with some girl. We each had a beer. Neither one of us is drunk. We go have sex. She gets pissed at me. And next thing you know, I'm I'm being called a rapist and I'm being tried by a college tribunal or or something like that like that instead of in a court of law there's no police report ever filed and my life is destroyed but they didn't even have to prove that i did it right 
you know, and this and and when the left goes this far, it then all of a sudden those people who are too let's be let's be realistic. Most of them are too stupid to get right, involved right. anyway. But the ones that aren't that stupid, right, that that do kind of listen here and there. They go, oh, this is why we always had the presumption of innocence, because Alyssa Milano exists. <laughs> I get it. You know, that's why we have these things, because Bernie Sanders is a thing. I get it. Now it makes sense to me. I never understood why we fiercely protected our our, our presumption of innocence. But it's because of people like the Democrats, because without them, you know, we wouldn't have such a problem with it. We would just say, eh, you know, maybe people are a little too lax on this one. But with them, it's like, holy shit, all I have to do is look at someone the wrong way and I'm losing my job, my house, my family, you know, everything because I'm a Nazi or I'm a, I'm a rapist or whatever it may be. And there, there, there's a, a, something a little bit better. And and this is a, a huge red pill that, that everybody should be able to use in the future, right? You, you, you said there's very few registered Democrats, there's very few registered Republicans, and there's a vast swath of people that either don't give a shit or they get involved on the, on right. the tertiary right so you don't have to worry about the activism right, with right. those people but those people are going to finally say i've had enough because it's obvious new york and missouri are never going to agree on anything and putting either of them in charge of the other is fool's right. errand right because the, the people in missouri are never going to understand how much money it takes to run the city of york it, it's impossible they can't even comprehend the the cost of waste disposal in a in a mega city, oh. Oh, you yeah. know what I'm saying with millions of registra- registers. So when they say it costs 18 billion dollars a year to run the city, I don't know how much it actually costs. I'm making up that number, but let's say they say it costs 18 billion dollars to run the city of New York. They go fuck that. They're not getting 18 billion dollars. Let them let them tighten their their wallets a little bit. It's like no, you do realize that it'll float away and see a garbage if like we don't spend this money. No, I don't have a problem with that. I'm good with that happening <laughs> to New York. But at the same at the same time, you know, there the this idea that both sides want to rule over the other is really a problem. And like I said, Rome became Europe. And those countries were able, yes, there were growing pains, yes, there were wars, whatever, but those countries are now well-established right. countries. They're And they're not connected by race. They're connected by right. culture, right? When you're French, when you're German, when you're Irish, when you're British, that's your culture. That's, that's the people that are, are together who believe the same thing with a common goal. And as I said, like, I, how much time did I spend debating the alt-right and had to hear, oh, if only white people had their ethno state it's like okay go to san francisco round up all the white people do you want to live with them <laughs> like yeah. knock yourself out i i bless your ethno state because i don't want to live there i used to say that to them all the time because they would accuse that's what that's what their biggest accusation was of me they go you just want it that when we create our ethno state you're you want to be included and i'm like first of all all 19 of you are not creating creating <laughs> yeah. some ethno state. and all the commies are white okay? people <laughs> right uh. and secondly i wouldn't want to live there if you paid no. me, you know, I, I want to live in a place where like the original 13 colonies where property rights are respected, where women actually think about making families as opposed to getting shitty jobs and living empty lives. I want people to think about freedom and to live in their liberty. You know what I'm saying? Like people people accuse me of being anti-women because I joke all the time and say I want to take women's rights away. Right. I don't mean I actually want to like chain them into a kitchen and do all of that. But let's make motherhood great again. What is wrong with wanting a family? family and it does away with the welfare state by nature when a woman has six kids she's not thinking about her social security she's thinking about her 117 grandkids who are going to be taking care of her when she gets older 
you know, when her husband finally dies or whatever. What guy thinks of his career as the be all end all except for CEOs? You know, like a guy. I doesn't go to work going, I'm so happy I'm at work. This is the most awesome thing ever to spend 10 hours toiling away for not enough money to live. You know, no, they're doing it to support right. their family. And it should be viewed as that. It shouldn't be viewed as, well, he just gets to go to work and have all the fun while I'm sitting here doing all of this. You're raising the next generation. Do you realize the awesome responsibility placed on you as a homemaker and you want to throw it away to go work at Arby's? <laughs> like, what in the fuck? And, and this is how... They're literally they're raping women is they're leading women into this idea of this empty, horrible existence where they, they have to be scared of everybody on the planet. They're going to just be raped or taken advantage of because remember saying you're really cute today is sexual harassment. Now they're being denied advancement at work, which they don't even know what that means because they don't even know what they're being denied. And when all said and done, they're dying alone and miserable with no children or children who hate them because they work till seven, eight o'clock today and had them raised by a Haitian nanny. Okay. So why not make motherhood great again? Like my kids, they go to a religious school. I, people ask me, they say all the time, would your wife be okay with you taking away her rights? I said, if I, if I took away all my wife's rights, her life would not change at all. <laughs> she wouldn't even notice. She's never voted in an election. She could totally really? give a shit. Like if, if, uh, yeah, oh, if I your sat wife, down with my wife, wife just and doesn't I said, give a shit. Oh. I've now made, I'm on episode 375 of Radio okay. Free America. Okay. Most of my shows go between four and five, sometimes six, seven hours. OK, she's never seen one. She could completely care less. And I'm fine with that. I don't take offense right. to it or whatever. If I sit down with her for dinner and I say, oh, did you, did you hear what Donald Trump says? She rolls her eyes at me. And if I push further, do you know what she does? She goes, who cares? <laughs> do you really think that anything's is going to change ever <laughs> yes but there there are people there are jews getting beaten up in the street i'll try to like use the card on her because she's an orthodox jew so i'll say jews are being beaten up in the street and shot in synagogues don't you have a problem with this she says yes i have a problem with it and it's happened for thousands of years and it's not changing anytime soon so stop it stop pretending that your magical politicians are going to come out and do something live your life you know enjoy your life enjoy your family you have kids you have a house you have a car you have you go on vacations you have a great life why are you giving a flying shit what Donald Trump says on any given day when you know nothing is going to change about it? And she respects what I right, do. Right. Don't get me wrong. She knows that I'm making changes. She just doesn't want to hear about <laughs> it. She wants to hear about it after it's done. <laughs> if I were to say to her, honey, I went to Congress and you know what I did? I, I lobbied and I lobbied and I lobbied and I got X done, whatever it may be. You name it, whatever policy she, she happens to like. Right. She would literally throw a party for me, tell everybody how amazing I was. And she would be very genuinely proud of me. But if I'm sitting around bitching about it, she's not proud of me for it. And she's not interested right. in it in the first place. So why is she going to sit there and listen to something that she could care less about? And you know what she'll usually do? She's, she's a lot smarter than me. So you know what she'll usually do is she'll bring up reality TV or something that that to me sounds like a like like someone I would rather someone dump battery acid into my ears <laughs> Then listen to and she'll go, oh, well, that's really nice about Donald Trump. But did I tell you on Bridezilla this week, there was a woman and I'm like, oh, dear God, stop. And then and next thing you know, we're talking about kids. We're talking about, you know, something, oh, whether we're going to Chicago this summer, like whatever it may be. So I can accept that she wouldn't care if I took away her rights because she doesn't actualize them anyway. She doesn't want Look, them. She I've never met your me. wife, but she sounds awesome. <laughs> she sounds like she's a lot smarter than all of us, uh, especially us political commentators for 
goodness sakes. But all right, I gotta I gotta let you go because I gotta get this uh, edited and uploaded. But here, no, no, no. Here's a, I'll I'll plug your show for you. This show will be up as always, 2 p.m. Uh, it's about you know 50 minutes long uh, from the looks of it. So as soon as the audience is done listening to this, you have a live stream starting at 3 p.m. So uh, where can everybody yes, find you? They can find it at Halsey News Network on YouTube. Just search out Halsey News Network, or if you find me on Twitter or anywhere else, um, that I usually post the live links. But just best thing to do is go to YouTube, Halsey News Network. But let me make a plug go for on. one of my co-hosts. One of my co-hosts, Turn Flinging Monkey, <laughs> who you would love, by the way. Okay, okay. Okay. His name turned me off at first, too, but you, this guy is like a libertarian genius. Like, you would love listening to All his right. stuff. You should. He just came out with a book yesterday called 13 Ways to Not Be a Fucking Cuck. It's available on on Amazon, and I'm telling you, gold. Go over there, download it. It's only 15 bucks, and you will get a, all of your money's worth by reading 13 Ways to Not Be a Fucking Cuck oh by TF Monk. All right. I will check that out. Everybody, as soon as you're done um, uh, listening to this, go to HalseyNews.com. Go to the YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe. Follow Halsey on Twitter. He's on there now, but uh, let's be honest. I mean, your, your Twitter account's not long for this world, um, you know, as the the previous 10 were. So. It's not very yeah, stable. Yeah, let's yeah. just put it that but, way. Uh, thanks, Halsey, so much. I'm sure I, I will do this again soon. Uh, it's been a while, but yeah, man. Anytime. We'll definitely bring you back on soon. It was a good time. Uh, that's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks. Oh, 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 oh,